It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies to work on a variety of ailments that people are dealing with. You can check them out at one of their four locations, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and their newest location in Knoxville. That's at Kingston Pike right across from Trader Joe's. Um, check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. And again, if you go into the store, be sure and tell them that uh, you heard about them on VolQuest, and they're going to give you 15% off your total packet purchase. That's in a uh, in-store purchase only. That's Smoky Mountain organics with austin price and rob lewis i'm brent hubs glad to have you along with us on this mailbag edition we'll get it cranked up and get going here with the questions we'll start with smoky man 15 long way to go but how are you feeling about this team's overall performance thus far they've certainly made games fun to watch again rob what do you think about this team at the midway point i mean that's exactly how i would describe it it's fun to watch i mean I, t- I'm, I guess I mentioned this in the Rocky Top Roundtable. AP turned to me in the press box in the third quarter. It's like, man, this is boring. After they'd racked up, you know, th- almost 400 yards of offense in, in the first half and scored 38 points, AP AP was spoiled. But uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not I'm not being critical here. I'm just saying that you look at how this team's played these last two weeks, and it just I, I, I bet the coaches are, are kicking themselves over the Pittsburgh game. Because the team that took played these last two weeks, I, th- I think wins that one. I don't know about going away, but pretty comfortably. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I mean, I think Austin, when you look at this team through the first half of the season, the first thing that jumps out to me is uh, just they've gotten better. I mean, it's a team that's improved in, in really every facet, every position of the of on the field. I mean, you can't maybe special teams has taken a bit of a a, a bit of a slide, but other than that across the board by position, this is a team that's better than they were three weeks ago. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you know, they, they just continue to get better week by week. Confidence breeds confidence. And, uh, you know, the, the more they get just a little bit more sure of themselves, they just continue to kind of grow in that, that, you know, direction with everything they do. And so, you know, I, no per- more perfect, better example than, uh, you know, a guy like Brandon Turnage, who was third on the depth chart, forced into action last week in the league game, and then was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Now, Brandon did sign with Alabama coming out of high school, so he's got talent, you know, but still, I mean, you know, he told us on the locker room, you know, he had never played a snap of nickel before in his life and went out there and performed unbelievably well. Yeah, and uh, Josh Heupel, Winston and Balkos was still um, offering praise for Turnage's performance. Also gave a shout-out to Theo Jackson for, you know, helping him get ready as well, but uh, had nothing but praise for what Brandon Turnage got done for Tennessee, not just the way he played, but the way he communicated with his teammates um, and, and, and checks and different things like that. Continued praise for, for Turnage will we'll be um, – uh, I guess interesting, uh, probably use that word too much, but interesting to see how much they, they rotate with him. Does he play this week? What do they do? Um, how do they handle a rotation in, in the back end of this defense uh, against uh, an Ole Miss offense that's going to go really, really fast, obviously. All right, T.N. Bowl, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, do you think it makes them look at playing dime a little bit more? Not as a base defense, but just, you know, Ole Miss is going to spread you out. Do you think it maybe makes that a little more attractive? Or is that just yeah, is that mean, too, I mean, too easy to take advantage of if Ole Miss wants to get big? Well, I just think that I don't know about Ole Miss getting big. I just think Ole Miss likes to run the ball, you know, um, and we've seen what Tennessee in this offense, which obviously is a lot similar to Ole Miss, We've seen what Tennessee's done against three-man fronts, you know, running the football, Bowling Green and um, Missouri, obviously. Now, we know Missouri's really bad, but, but you know, um, Cade Mays uh, talked about on, on Tennessee Prime two weeks ago about how easy it is to block a three-man front. Um, so, I, I don't know how much time you can, you can roll there. Um, I wonder how they handled the safety spot, Austin, because I would imagine Lane Kiffin's probably going to try to attack the safeties he would probably try to attack Jalen McCullough, test his speed, and, and cover a lot of ground. Does that change how Tennessee plays some personnel back there? We've not seen them play dime really all year, maybe a, maybe two or three snaps, but not many. So um, I, I don't even see a wholesale change there unless they just can't defend space, you know, with the linebackers in this scheme. So uh, that's part of the stress that, that Ole Miss certainly puts on you um, and, and how Tim Banks attacks it. Um, we don't know at this point. Well, I, you know, they did play a couple of snaps of dime at Missouri. I, I do think you're right, though. I, I think what it does is it gives you the availability to, you know, hey, Jalen McCullough needs a, a break on this series. Theo, we'll slide you back to safety, and Brandon, you're going to come in and run nickel or, or vice versa or whatever. So, I mean, I, I do think it gives you more flexibility. Again, Willie's big on trust, and sounds – Sounds like to me that, that Brandon Turnage has earned that trust uh, after his performance last week. And, uh, you know, I would expect to see him more going forward. How much more? I think it depends on the health and how everybody's playing. But I do think that uh, the Oxford native would sure love to play this weekend against uh, his hometown team. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, to, to, to your point, though, Rob, I mean, if Tennessee can get him in third long, uh, I think you'll see, I think you would see Dime more this week than you would see in previous weeks just because of everything that, that Ole Miss does in, in the passing game. So if you can get, you know, really ahead of the sticks or get Ole Miss behind the sticks, then I think you would see them play more dime uh, than, than you've seen uh, to this point in the season. TN Bowles wants to know, best case scenario, we split the next four. Worst case scenario, you drop four in a row. Do you think this team has the right chemistry to weather a four-game slide? I think it does, but I, I, I just – have a hard time believing that they're going to go from the way they played the last two weeks. Again, I get it. South Carolina's not very good. Missouri's not very good. But Tennessee couldn't have done that against a team like South Carolina or Missouri the last few years as far as, like, beat them the way they beat them. Um, it's hard for me to believe they're going to lose four in a row. I'm not saying they're going to go two and two either. They may just go one and three. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I have a feeling they'll win at least one of those four. But I think they could weather the storm and, you know, the three of us could beat South Alabama and Vanderbilt. It's about staying healthy and getting healthy, Rob. I mean, they're, they're going to have a hard time getting through the next four. Um, and, and obviously, Alabama and Georgia seem, you know, unlikely. Um, certainly, Georgia. I, I think getting through these four, though, they're going to have to get healthy from where they were a week ago and stay healthy uh, at some critical spots. And that starts with Tyon Evans. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't say anything, but I agree. And I, and I think two and two is realistic. First, I, mean, I you, know, you look at I, I know Las Vegas isn't always right, but they certainly see this one as, as a pretty even matchup this week. And and frankly, I just I mean I know Kentucky is 
is playing great. For, I just I don't see that as a bad matchup at all for Tennessee. We're getting ahead of ourselves. It's you know several weeks down the road, but I mean I think Tennessee can score twenty eight to thirty five points on them, and I don't know that Kentucky's getting thirty. Yeah, especially with the fact that Tennessee gets them coming out of their bye. You know, Tennessee gets that off week before, and to Hubbard's point about being healthy, should be big. I just keep going back to Tennessee's worst decade in in modern football, and Tennessee's seven and three against Kentucky. All right, uh, as Rob said, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves. Wrigleyville Vol wants to know all the talk this week is on offenses and rightfully so. But how important is that Tennessee comes in with the better defense on paper? Seems like this game can come down to a couple of timely stops. I don't think there's any question this game is going to come down to a couple of timely stops. Uh, who gets enough stops is, is, is the bottom line question. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee is better defensively. How much better offensively is Ole Miss than Tennessee? I don't know. Um, I think that's, Rob, while Vegas has got this as an even matchup, right? I mean, I think Tennessee clearly has a better defense, but I think Ole Miss is so good on offense that it may not matter. I mean, Arkansas is pretty decent, and they just hung half a hundred on them. And um, three quarters. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think having the better defense than Ole Miss – I mean, the defenses aren't playing against each other, so it doesn't matter. Um, and I, I think – defensively, I think you've made the best point I've heard this week is when you do get them in third and long, you got to get off the field. You've got to take advantage of those situations. Which means you also have to win on fourth down. Because they're going to go for it on fourth down uh, from anywhere on the field at any point in time. Because Lane Kiffin, I don't think, believes very much in his defense. So why not go for it? I don't think Lane Kiffin's playing the field position game to try to flip the field, Austin, because I don't think he feels like his defense uh, can flip the field very well. Now, they, been, they were – I mean, last week was their worst week defensively by far uh, than, than in previous weeks. But – um, this is a defense that certainly is struggling and is one that is frustrating to head coach. I don't think there's any doubt about that one. Well, and we'll see what kind of changes they come in with. I mean, you know, I mean, Durkin's kind of let on like, well, we are kind of who we are. We're going to run what we've run because that's all we got. But something tells me they'll throw some type of wrinkle at Tennessee this week. Um, Lane's been on the phone with Monty. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to bring up the Tampa too. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that ultimately this will come down to turnovers Ole Miss has not turned it over as far as interceptions to this point. Which tells me he's kind of due. And, again, I go back to the crowd. Uh, you know, Needling, the, the sound kind of just sits down in there more so than it even does at Bryant-Denny. I, I think if the crowd's into this, especially early, um, you know, if Tennessee can get off to a good start offensively, you know, defensively, they may be able to force him into something, you know, that, that kind of gets Tennessee going the other direction. All right, to recruiting we go, and Vol Rick wants to know, have you heard how L.J. Uh, Dixon felt about the game last Saturday, and do you think Tennessee has a little bit a legitimate shot to get him, Austin? I don't – he was here on his own accord. Um, I don't think Tennessee is actively really pursuing L.J. Dixon that hard. Um, you know, they, I think they've taken a look at it, but, you know, I, I just – everybody, just because he, you know, was committed here before because he decided to come over on his – own has kind of lumped this thing in there. I'm not sure Tennessee's super interested in Lynn Jay at this point. Jay Strew H2 wants to know, Rob, do you think turnover margin or penalties is the most important factor in the game this week? Turnovers, 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 always. It's the most, it's, it's the most important thing in the sport of football. 
That's the whole reason Arkansas lost, in my opinion. I mean, they 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 get they turned away two possessions that, um, and Ole Miss didn't turn those possessions over. So. Uh, they didn't turn over anything, so I, I, think, I think any, that's. I think any coach would tell you that, don't you think? Ever? I mean, you've been around oh, yeah. a lot of coaches. I mean, turnover. It's all about turnovers yeah. are the biggest, biggest stat in in the sport. Yeah. Now, I mean, Tennessee doesn't need to come. I mean, if Tennessee comes out and has double digit penalties, then that's going to be a bad thing. But you can overcome penalties. You can't overcome not having the football, particularly in a game where you think you've got to score quite a bit. Uh, Pine Mountain Vol, can you go over your your best guess on the health of the players that didn't play last week? Any rumblings on anybody not playing this week? It seems like every game we have a surprise player out. Josh Heupel Austin said he expects guys back. Do we expect guys back? Yeah, I think Cooper is going to be healthy enough to go. Um, you know, can he make it through the whole game? We'll see. Um, you know, Jabari Small, you know, he could have played last week. Uh, but why play him if you don't have to, especially once since he got to that good start? You know, I, I think that they were – going to just let him watch from the sidelines, have another week of rest, and, uh, you know, not have to take you know, a pounding on that shoulder. Um, you know, outside of those guys, I mean, I think Tennessee should be, you know, about as healthy as they have been. Again, Theo could have played last week, same as Jabari. Once they got to the start, once Turnage was playing the way he was playing, there was no point to play him. Yep. The only guy that – and I just think it's because he's so important. I want to make sure that Tyon Evans is – is moving around and looking the way he's supposed to look in pregame warm-ups. I don't have any reason to believe that he's not, but I think when you talk about key guys this week, you know, when you talk about key guys on this on this team, to, to me, that's the – but because you're going to have to run the football and you should be able to run the football effectively, I think Ty and Evans is, is as key as anybody, maybe the most important offensive player for Tennessee on Saturday but because – you need to be able to run the ball, and he's their best running back. No offense to Jabari Small, but I think I think he's by far the best running back. So that that's that's the one. I mean, that's the one guy. And I know Josh Heupel said everybody would be ready to go. I'm sure that's what he will indicate on uh, tomorrow or later today when he meets the media as well. Uh, what can you tell pre-war room on recruits that will attend this game? Growing list, Austin. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, they're going to have as many kids as they can here. Here's the deal. There's no official visits this weekend. It's all unofficials, um, you know, and so you've seen that list, you know, with Walter Nolan and, you know, several of the 23s, you know, some of the 22 commits, uh, Taven Jackson going to be here, you know. Um, you know, uh, for me, you know, I, I'm just kind of saying what, who straggles in here come Saturday? Who wakes up and decides, you know, I'm going to go to Tennessee? you know, today, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, where I'm, where I'm kind of watching, you know, I, I, I think there's a chance that, you know, um, Rodney Harrison's kid comes back up this weekend. Um, you know, I don't think Caleb Webb is going to come back up, but I think Tennessee's positioned themselves well there uh, for the kid from a Um, you know, and then we'll see a lot of 23s though. 23s, 24s, obviously the two five-star top quarterbacks, uh, uh, Nicholas, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, the kid from California, and then the 24, um, you know, uh, going to be here as well. Yeah. I mean, how big is it that the California kids coming on the unofficial? That seems pretty significant to me. I think it's, it's significant. I mean, he's got enough interest in Tennessee. They've done a nice job with him for him to come out here, Rob, and, and uh, you know, come out here on his own dime. You don't see that a lot. Um, but uh, I, 
like like Austin said, who 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 gets up and says, "Hey, I want to get there," and who wakes up and goes, "You know what? I'll watch it on TV." That's the thing with unofficial visitors. I think the herrings are coming back this weekend. They say the Taylor um, kid from West Tennessee is coming. Yeah, Mark West Taylor's coming in this weekend. Um, Aiden Bustle, kids from Powell. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of kids here. Yeah, and of course Walter Nolan, as you mentioned, is supposed to be in the house as well. Uh, Birdie Man, Texas. In talking with recruits, does the recent program success and development dampen recruits' concern over the pending investigation? What's Tennessee's messaging to kids about the investigation? It's getting um, asked. I mean, it's, I mean, kids and parents are asking that question. They are. <laughs> What's the messaging? You know, I mean, I, you know, just don't pay attention to all that stuff. <laughs> like, you know, look at the NCAA is not ruled on any of these other schools. I mean, like Tennessee is not close to having a ruling on it. I don't believe in what they self-imposed. And at this point, hubs, I just don't expect them to self-impose anything. Why would you? Yeah, we've talked about uh, talked about that plenty. I mean, what, does it make sense to do that? What, what's the advantage for doing that versus letting it play out and, and drag itself out, you know, o- over a longer period of time to where you end up with potentially less of a penalty? Um, you know, and again, I, I just think you have to um, you do your best you can to settle everybody's concerns with, without knowing a, a, a full, complete answer as to what it's going to end up being. He also wanted to know would what would uh, Mark Stoops leaving do to the Wade twins' commitments if Stoops were to leave? His name is obviously going to surface, I think, with some jobs at the end of this year. I think they would definitely look around. You know, I think there's also a chance they would likely stay at Kentucky, but I do think that they would at least, you know, answer phone calls and 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 take a look. But again, what time, when's he leaving? You know, I mean, right. What's everybody's yeah. numbers look like at that point? You know, how many schools would say, "Yeah, we're definitely taking both of you," versus, "Yeah, we'll take we'll take one." Like, I don't think Florida State's making a change. I think they're 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 not going to knee jerk this just because um, they had such a terrible start to the year. I think they're going to financially they're kind of stuck, and and I think that you know they're going to play the the long game at least for another year, anyways. If that is the long game, I, I don't know if you're Mark Stoops, Rob. Why you why you would leap? I mean. I'm, I'm, I mean, not for Florida State, I don't think, right now. I mean, we've, we've heard stories from people that have worked at Florida State about the, about the facilities, the, you know, the commitment to the program, kind of how, you know, it's, it's not what a lot of people from the outside look at. It's not some sleeping giant like a lot of people seem to think. I mean, it's a place with some infrastructure problems, whereas Kentucky, I mean, they may kind of be – down the totem pole a little bit the SEC, but that's a place – I mean, you can see the commitment. I mean, what's that stadium look like compared to what it looked like 10 years ago or, the, you know, the, the luxury box, press box area? I mean, they're they're pouring some money into that program, and Stoops is getting paid. Yeah, well, they're – you know, his alma mater is Iowa, and the long thought in the coaching realm has always been that he would try to go back there. But the Rod Delmonico of college football, uh, you know, at Iowa – he, he continues to, you know, have bad year, bad year, bad year, really good year. <laughs> and then get an extension, you know, and it goes back to bad year, bad year, and then really good year. Um, so I, I'm not sure that, you know, I was going to make a move at this point. Obviously, they're you know, in the top five. So I don't see that coming about this year. And, and you know, as, you know, we just talked about, I mean, Kentucky's a good job. You play Mississippi State in the West every year. Tennessee plays Alabama. 
you know, I mean, they schedule cupcake games, um, and then you have state, and then unless you're playing an Alabama, Auburn, or LSU, or Texas A&M as your other Western Division opponent, I mean, you know, it's not hard to rack up a few wins. Yep, and and they've done a good job of, of scheduling that thing for bowls, you know, to get bowl eligible with their non-conference scheduling, and then they've done a good job in, in the SEC East, taking advantage uh, of kind of where the East has been, and you know, it's a pretty good trade when you're playing Mississippi State versus playing an LSU every year or playing, uh, you know, Alabama every year like Tennessee is, as you mentioned. All right, Go Vols 1997 wants to know, any in-state O-lineman for the 23 class you see Tennessee taking? What in-state prospects is Tennessee still evaluating? They're evaluating all in-state prospects. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not stopping their evaluations uh, of, of in-state prospects, 22, 23, or 24. Um, as for the 23 linemen, doesn't that feel like there's a for a lot of people out there not just Tennessee there's a lot more evaluating of those guys going on I mean that I mean how many of those guys are just slam dunk guys for everybody across the SEC you know I think Aiden Bustle Joe Crocker are guys that I think Tennessee's probably a little bit further down the road with than you know or or even a Bryson Sanders more so than you know Lance Williams or you know, um, you know, the kid at Maribel, Cal Grubb, or, you know, Luke Brown. You know, Brown's the name that, you know, had so much, you know, juice a year ago, and it just seems like there's nothing going on there uh, with him. Um, e. Schaefer, 92, Garland, Mohan, Willis, ranked him in likelihood that they ended up as linebacker four. Doesn't that feel like that's Willis is ahead of those, those two guys right now as potential fourth linebacker? And then what you took from – from um, Hypo uh, on Monday. I mean, what, I mean, what did he say about him? He's traveled the last two weeks. I don't yeah. Think he, I mean, I don't think he's ready. I mean, I think there's a clear drop off there. But I mean, I think that it, it seems like that's the guy that they've at least taken on the road with them as as the possibility. Long term, it's going to be Mohan. Yeah, right. and Mohan's playing on special teams, so he's been on the road with them as well. So it's not like he's not traveled and they've left. They've taken Aaron Willis and they've left you know, Mohan and Garland at home. So that's not been the case. Uh, it's just, you know, Hypo was specifically asked about Willis and where he was as potential fourth linebacker. And he did acknowledge he was traveling. So maybe he would be the fourth. I don't think Tennessee really wants to think about that scenario at this point. They, <laughs> they, they want to roll with kind of where they are at the linebacker. They don't want any more injuries at that position. Um, D. Hale, how is defensive recruiting so far? Seems to me that with the fast offense, more defensive players are needed to stay fresh. Maybe you could get, maybe you could use that to get more guys here. Um, you know, defensive I, the, recruiting. The, the defensive recruiting that they're taking more of the long approach. You know, um, you know, I mean, most of the guys that are coming in right now are defensive guys. I mean, Caleb Webb um, last week. Um, you know, and and you know, there's not a whole lot else going on on offense. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying Tennessee wouldn't take another tackle if you know, we get to later in the process and they have somebody, you know, uh, leave the program early and, you know, they can replace them because uh, I do think they would. Um, you know, I could see Tennessee taking a, a second running back. Um, you know, uh, Jerry Mack talked about that when he met with the media a week or two ago. But it just right now it's pretty much Caleb Webb. You know, I don't think there's anybody that's just like zeroed in on um, on the offensive side. So defensively, that's most of the kids that are coming in. You know, I mean – they offer, you know, 
um, Christian Harrison, you know, on, on Thursday or on Wednesday, um, you know, they, they continue to recruit uh, Jordan Thomas, who I think is probably your next commit. Um, you know, if I was a betting man, you know, just based off the, you know, his visit last weekend and how everything went, um, you know, and then Tennessee's going to continue to, to swing at, at, you know, Davison, Igbenosin, um, see how when you say, nice, it, a lot, nice. when you say it a lot, you learn it. Yeah, um, roll with conviction, you know. Um, no, that wasn't conviction. I mean, like that was he, pretty, he told me, and I've just been practicing. I know, because but like, you said you yeah. said it with conviction. It makes yeah, it yeah, no, yeah, no, no, you're right. But it wasn't like I was guessing though. I didn't um, say you did. I said you said it with confidence um, and conviction. Anyway, so uh, you know, most of the kids that are coming in are going to be defensive guys. They're just taking more of a long-term approach. Like with the offensive guys, they had most of their hay in the barn back in June. The defensive guys wanted to see how the season played out, what they need, kind of go from there. All right. Uh, next question is a three-parter. Are Tyler Barron's decreased snaps due to injury maintenance or have Young and Harrison earned more playing time? The Vols are able to beat Ole Miss. Will they be a top 25 team going into Bama next week? And lastly, as good as Heupel has been, do you think his end-of-half clock timeout management could, will have an impact in a close game? Start with Tyler Barron. Well, he and Young don't play the same position, do they? Am I missing? No, they, they play do. some. Yeah, they, they, they play some there. They play, obviously, at the same time, but, you know, they could both play off the edge. I, I think with Tyler, it's, it's a little bit of injury, and I think it's a little bit of um, – getting ready every week. You know, I think they were cautious with him last week and played him, you know, sparingly in that game after Byron Young got banged up. But I would expect him to get more snaps this week. But, you know, he, he's been banged up, you know, for whatever reason, on and off since the preseason. You know, missed some practice time here and, and there and some things like that. So, um, you know, 100% healthy Tyler Barron is what Rodney Garner would like to see every day on the practice field. Um, you know, obviously not just being available on Saturday, but but being full go every day on the practice field. Tennessee going to be ranked if they beat Ole Miss? I mean, if you go by the others receiving votes this week, they would have been like, I think, 35th or 36th. That's kind of a big jump, when you think? Yeah, I would be a little bit surprised. I mean, unless, I mean, they, I would you know, if you blew them out, you know, whatever, depends on how the game goes. But I would be a little surprised if you made that big of a jump. Depends on what people – do ahead of you who are ranked and all that stuff as well. Um, time management, big deal, not a big deal with, with Hypel and you. I mean, Hubbard, you went back and looked at the Florida stuff, didn't you? I mean, I, I don't think that's as bad as a lot of fans seem to think because Hypel was, was content to run out the clock until Jabari Small kind of popped that one and, you know, got him out, out around, you know, not to midfield, but close to midfield. And then, um, you know, I, I know fans were crapping about that, but I, he was, he was, Finally, going into the locker room until you know that play happened. I don't yeah. know, maybe thirty and, seconds left or so. And, and, and I think the end of last week, the, the the clock management got a little messed up there because Hooker should have thrown the ball away instead of scramble. I mean, he got out of bounds, stopped the clock, so he didn't have to use a timeout. But if he throws the ball away and doesn't scramble around, you probably have a chance to run another play uh, or two there. I think with six seconds to go at the end or whatever it was when they kicked the field goal, I, I just don't think they were in a position. They were, they were close enough. They didn't have to get closer to make it a more makeable field goal. And I just don't think they were going to take a chance there with six seconds. They only, I mean, you want to run it to the end zone because it doesn't do you any good to make five yards closer on a 
you know, 28 yard field goal attempt. So uh, I, I think because they didn't feel like they could get to the end zone there, they would have been able to, to take a shot at the end zone had Hooker thrown the ball away and not scrambled around and cost him a few seconds there. Um, can't get right. 8402 coming into the season. A lot of people felt like the Pittsburgh game would be the most important game, be a good measuring stick of where we are since the QB change uh, has changed how we look. Is this Ole Miss game the new measuring stick? Are we a little too hyped? Each week stands on its own merit, right? You're only as good as you were that yeah. week. I mean, Ole Miss is ranked number 12 in the country and, you know, had, had a lot of preseason hype. I don't, I mean, if Tennessee loses this game, I don't think it, it says anything. You know, what, what, I, I wonder what the line on this game was back in August. You know, oh, odds I, makers put, the, put those preseason lines out. I'd say it was Ole Miss heavy. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say it was maybe, I bet it was double digits. Yeah, I don't know if it was I, touchdowns. I yeah, I would agree with that. I just don't think you can put that much heat on, you know, in game number seven of Josh Heupel's career against a, a team that everybody thought was going to be, you know, a top 15 team this year. All right. Hey, people are going to do some quick hitting uh, recruiting questions here. You ready? Yep. All right. Have uh, Tennessee made any headway with in-state committed kids, uh, in-state kids who are committed elsewhere? To this point, No. All right. Pretty big deal getting 2024 quarterback Jaden Davis on campus this weekend. What are your thoughts there, AP? Yeah, I think it's huge. Um, anytime you can get a younger quarterback um, on your campus, especially one that's rated high, uh, I think it's a big deal. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you got two big-time quarterbacks, one for 23 and one for 24 in town. And, uh, you know, Davis has got a lot of uh, upside. Is Demario Tolan someone the staff has continued to recruit since he's committed to LSU over the summer and Orgeron is a dead man walking? Seems like Vols can get back in there perhaps. Who are some of the other recruits committed to other schools Tennessee might circle back around on? Um, You know, I've not heard Demario Tolan's name at all. So if they are, then I've not heard about it. Um, you know, there's a few kids Tennessee's, you know, kind of – laying and wait on you know I, I think i think they want to try to remain under the radar on though yeah and, and again i mean the kid's committed somewhere right now i mean he probably doesn't want a whole lot of openness it, you know if he's just kind of sort of listening but not all in and, and not ready to go public with any kind of decommitment and all those kind of stuff uh there's probably some of that going on but we'll see if tennessee continues to have success if some of that stuff pops up and gets a little more public and gets a little more out there um, at this point, I mean, you know, the bottom line is, I think Rob said this best in the podcast, you want to continue to have those relationships. So you got to handle, and if you've handled it right, when they've committed elsewhere, then it opens up the door where they will take your phone call, perhaps if you can have success. So we'll see if uh, people start picking up the phone more here over the course of the next month. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, okay, let me preface this with, Tennessee's never talked to Ty Simpson ever, okay? I, I'm putting that out there on the front. But, you know, how Tennessee handled the Ty Simpson thing, you know, whereas, you know, Josh called, had a nice talk with him, whereas when Clemson called, they, they were furious about how they had, he had wasted their time and they had just burnt that thing to the ground. You know, like, it, it all depends on how you handle things. Again, Ty, Ty's a moot point. He's committed to Alabama. I'm just saying how you handle it. I'm using that as the example like Clemson couldn't go back in on Ty Simpson, I don't think right now, you know, um, you know, so like how Tennessee handled themselves with other guys, um, you know, when they committed elsewhere could be a big deal 
you know, if those players were to take a look at Tennessee or answer phone calls or reply to texts or, heck, even call or text Tennessee, you know, over the next, uh, you know, three to four weeks. I don't know about – I don't know what you got out of that, but I feel like Ty Simpson's coming to Tennessee. No, 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 no. I was just using him as the example because of how Clemson – Right. How Clemson called and went bananas on him. But and, you know, and, and, and the point and Josh is not, just said thanks for talking to me. Right. And the point is not everybody handles it the same way. Yeah. And if you handle it the right way, sometimes it can allow you to circle back around. I think you referenced Aubrey Solomon as that as that point several weeks yeah. ago or, or two weeks ago or so, Rob, when we were uh, this question came up as well. I mean, if you handle it the right way, Cade Mays was probably the better example, Rob, that you used you talking about Perfect talking example. about how Jeremy Pruitt didn't burn that bridge and that allowed him to circle back around as a transfer and come here. All right, last question. Uh, Corey Tinval, my boy, wants to know, Twisters, Don Jose's? Depends on what you're in the mood to eat. Okay, ice cream, you're going to Twisters. Don Jose, I'm getting uh, the, the chicken and rice dish with some chips and queso. But if I need a hamburger, I'm going to the chow hall. Those are my people there. Yes, all right? chow hall. So there chow you go. Hall. Now, on to his serious question as we head out the door. What do you feel this team's ceiling is, and what are they really capable of doing? As you as you go in the back half of this season, what's realistic for this team? I, and I don't know that he means re- he probably means record. I don't know that we can per- forecast record, but but what do you think? I mean, can this team continue to be a forty point game team? Um, how much better can they get? I guess is, is what I'm asking moving forward. I, I feel like their ceiling and reality is eight and four. You know, I mean, like I I think they can easily get there. I think that's also their ceiling. I don't see them getting past eight and four. Um, you know, but I, you know, the most realistic thing is probably seven and five. But I, I do think eight and four is still reality because Tennessee, again, if they can win this weekend, they're seven and three in their worst decade of football against Kentucky. So again, that that's a game that Tennessee definitely can go up to Lexington and get a win. And I, I've already referenced referenced it once in this podcast, and I don't want to keep harping on it, but man. They beat Pittsburgh, and how how excited is this fan? I mean, nine and three would be a legit possibility, and eight and four might you know seven and five would be your floor. So, I mean, I, they've not done anything to get better since you know you expect most teams to do that, but they have gotten dramatically better since the start of the season. And so, I think forty Here, points. I think they can average forty points for the year. Here, here's where I am on this deal: is like. No one in the world after Mississippi State beat Texas A&M thought Texas A&M was going to turn around and beat Alabama. I'm not saying Tennessee's beating Alabama or Georgia, but I don't think you can just write the games off and go, eh, there's no chance. I mean, like, again, more parity now than ever, and last week proved it. Yep, it's a crazy college football season. For Tennessee to have a chance for their seedling to go up or their seedling to be where you guys think it is, they've got to stay healthy and they've got to continue to play turnover-free and uh, reduction of penalties. How remarkable is that? Three yeah. SEC games, no, no turnovers. Yes. That's right, isn't it? Yep, and yes. that's a cra- crazy stat for sure. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Mailbag Podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.